On the Bravo TV show Top Chef, real-life chefs are invited onto a soundstage and duke it out with their cooking skills. Their dishes are judged not by customers, but by an intimidating panel of judges. This year on the very popular Bravo show, chef Karen Akunowitz made a splash. She's an outspoken queer femme chef who for almost five years has been the executive chef at celebrated Boston restaurant Myers & Chang. Bitch's director of strategic engagement, Kate Lesniak, got the chance recently to visit that restaurant and talk with Karen. She was a little starstruck. Hi, Kate. Hi, Sarah. So you went to Boston. You actually got to go to Karen's restaurant. What's the restaurant like? It's super cool. It's kind of like in a hip part of town, um, and everybody was just preparing for brunch service that day. So, you know, people were really milling about the restaurant. People were, like, doing their thing, getting things done, and Karen was, like, clearly the boss of everything happening. So so obviously Karen's on national TV, but how was she different than you expected her to be when you actually got the chance to talk to her? Well, I think, you know, like, when a character profile gets built up on a reality television show, it's only scratching the surface. But one thing that I was really excited to find out is that Karen is as much of a person who gets things done and kind of does everything from start to finish um, on TV as she was kind of in person. And so I just like that kind of attitude of, like, I'm not too good for anything, and I'm here to kind of, like, just get the project done. Cool. Well, let's listen to the interview. Cool. Did you cook growing up? Like, how did you get into cooking? Like, why are you a chef? Um, I didn't cook growing up. Uh, my mom likes to tell everybody that I couldn't boil water. I just wasn't. I mean, like, I would help her make dinner, right? Because you live, as my mom always put it, you live in this house. Therefore, you, you know, you, like, make your bed and you yeah. mow the lawn and clean the bathroom and you help with dinner. But I didn't grow up cooking and it wasn't something I like to eat and I, you know love sitting around with my family and having dinner and talking and all that stuff. But I didn't grow up cooking at all. I started cooking um, in my 20s. And I started cooking to impress a girl. I was <laughs> <laughs> I was working. I was actually working two jobs. I was working at Planned Parenthood during the day. And I was working as a bartender at night. And I was working with someone who I kept trying to get to take me out on a date. After a couple of weeks of this, I... I changed it to, hey, you should come over to my house and I'll cook for you, uh-huh. right? Which is magic, right? Tell anybody that you're going to make them a meal. And all of a sudden, she was like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely come over. <laughs> so I couldn't cook at all. Good idea, Karen. Yeah, super and super, super well-thought-out plan. Um, so I, like, went to the bookstore. I bought a cookbook, and I made puttanesca, right, which is... I can't even typically pronounce that word, so... Yeah, it, well, it translates to, like, the whore's pasta, because the, the story about it is that um, it's what... it's You throw it all together, and it would it was what the ladies of the night would make in the, the like, the whorehouses, and they would, like, call out that dinner was ready, and that was kind of the, the way that you drew the men into the into the brothels. Yeah, right. That's the Dude, way. I don't know. That's what they were looking for. That's, that, that, that's, that's great. I, yeah, that's what I hear. So anyway, so I think that it was, I think it was bad. I think that I made this, this pasta, this pasta sauce and uh-huh. it has tons of like capers and olives. And I think I didn't like rinse any of the capers. I think it was probably really salty. I think it was probably not good, but I thought I was you would have thought I, I was like a master chef. I was like, I'm amazing. I'm so good at this. <laughs> so is that, that's when you knew that you that were was, like, that was like, that was the minute that was when I started cooking. And, um, I spent, you know, maybe a year just like cooking at home and thinking that I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And probably about a year later or so, uh, same same girl who had became my girlfriend, joint bank account, two cats, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, I was applying to get my MSW and um, and go back to school. She was kind of like, I don't know why you're applying to social work school because all you ever talk about is what you're going to do when you open your own restaurant. Yeah. And I applied to culinary school like two weeks later. If you look at any event or you look at a list when there say there's 20 chefs on it mm-hmm. you're gonna have one or two women every yeah. time yeah. and everybody says oh you can't look at it that way but I do I count all of the time to mm-hmm. see how we're represented yeah. um, and it is everyone says it's different now it's changed it's changed a little hasn't changed that much um, when I came to work here when I took over the kitchen here I had a line cook who um, the second I took over as the executive chef, I didn't come in as a, as a cook. Um, he was a line cook here. The second week I was here, he tried to ask me out on a date. He grabbed my ass. Mm-hmm. And this is here. This is here. Oh yeah. Okay. He left about two weeks later. Right. And stated the reason that he was leaving was because he wanted to work for a real chef a big time chef, somebody with a name who was still in the kitchen that he could learn from. So again, putting that back on me for not being right. Good enough. A dude. Not being a dude. Yeah. Not being a dude. Um, I definitely think that as I was younger, as I was a sous chef, as I was a line cook, um, I definitely took a, a stance of being, being a really hard line. Mm -hmm. Um, and just be, yeah, definitely being aggressive. And definitely, of course I got called a bitch, Mm -hmm. um, which I never think is a bad thing. Well, Um, you're just probably a leader, very smart. You know, we did call our magazine that. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, and people just being like, wow, I, I got so much, uh, flack and still do for, for being a bitch, for being, um, really clear on what I want, um, for having really high standards, for holding people to those standards. And it's incredible how that is perceived when you're a woman, as opposed to when you're a man. And I, for the most part, didn't care. And that's, that's the line I took as I get older, as I have more responsibility, more responsibility to my staff, um, and just what I want for myself and the way that I want to lead. I think I probably have, I, I know that I take more of a road the road of being the moral compass because I think that's important. That being said, there's no, there's no doubt Mm -hmm. that like you, that I am the leader in the kitchen and that, you know, I'm always going to be the one to, to call you out and expect more from you and still have those high expectations. People are like, oh, you're everybody's mom. And I'm always like, I am not your mother. Uh, <laughs> I'm the chef. I'm a partner at this restaurant. I'm your boss. I'm your colleague. I'm your coworker. Yeah. I'll be your support. I'll be all of those things, but I'm not a parent in any way. And I, I had a line cook who actually got hired when I was um, filming the show, mm-hmm. when I was filming Top Chef. And he said to one of my sous chefs, I can't wait to meet her. It's going to be like um, the mom I, I didn't have or like something like that. And I was like, oh, and I think he was like, oh, you don't you don't know Garen that well. Um, so I think that's the like the third trope or whatever you want to call it of, yeah, of being course. a female chef is that you're going to be really maternal and really nurturing and everyone's going to be your babies and like. That's just not, no, that's not, that's That's not the case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So along that line, what do you think um, the industry could do to encourage more women who might be thinking about wanting to get in the kitchen professionally, because we all know that women are in the kitchen 
at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what what can the industry do to encourage folks to get into the kitchen and really make a career out of it? What, what can change? I think one of the things that, you know, this is a very boring answer, but one of the things in the industry that can change now is is the structure of it, the um, your benefits, your time off, your parental leave. Uh, I'm really big right now on the... Um, the culture around having a kid. Uh, many women want to have children. Many of those women who want to have children are going to have those birth those children themselves, right? Yeah. Um, if you are in a job that says you are not going to come back to the same job that you were in, whether you're a sous chef or whether you're a chef, um, you don't have maternal leave or parental leave, right? You don't have that paid leave. Or maybe it's, if you're lucky, six weeks. Yeah. Wow. Right? Which is not enough time. Absolutely not. I agree. Um, you have, you are seeing large amounts of women drop out of the industry because of that. Yeah. You Without uh, a way to get back in. Without a way to get back in. And people are going to say, oh, you've been out of the kitchen for this long. You haven't worked in this long. Oh, you have a family. Oh, you need to be home to pick your kids up from work. Oh, you need to X, Y, and Z. So I think systemically those things need to change. I think that there needs to be around time off, paid time off, just having, I try very hard to create in my kitchen a, a, a culture that it's like, you have two days off in a row and you know what they are. Yeah. Um, you know, well, for my yes. sous chef and things like that, like m- my sous chef, Ashley had the same two days off in a row for two years. She knew when her days off were, she could plan her life. It's not that much to do or to ask for, um, making sure that people have health insurance and benefits. Um, I think that those things would go um, would go so far to not even just, uh, getting women into the kitchen, but keeping and retaining really great talent, um, that, that we're not seeing, that we're not seeing stay. Yeah. That, that's a great answer. And it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, obviously the systemic things are the same in any industry, but especially it seems like here in the kitchen. Well, we're kind of running out of time. So I just want to make sure that I let you have your moment before you have to cook. Are you cooking today? Do you have to cook every day? All day. All day. Um, right now I am, I'm in the kitchen seven days a week, lunch and dinner. Everyone keeps coming in and being like, Oh wow. That's badass. I don't know how you do it. And I'm always, uh, my, my answer is always like, where else would I be? <laughs> like, this is who I am. Like, this I'm is what I do. I'm out the trash. I'm sweeping the sidewalk. It's very glamorous. And, you know, that's, that's the reality of it is that it's not. And Bravo's following you around for all of it. Right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> well, it's not. It's like people are like, wow, you're on TV. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm going through the dumpster and picking up the boxes that didn't get broken down. And I'm tasting the kanji that's up on the station. And I'm going to go train a stage and work with somebody else. And, you know, yeah. life just keeps going on. And it's, 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 you you know, they don't call it work for uh, for no reason. Yeah. yeah. That was Kate Lesniak talking with Chef Karen Akunowitz. If you want to actually try her food, go check out her Boston restaurant, Myers and Chang, and you can catch her on the current season of Top Chef on Bravo. All right, this is Sarah. I'm back here with